0: It's Monday, March 30th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, grocery delivery workers went on strike. We'll explain how the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting the delivery industry and where consumers can make a difference. Then one of the only things holding us together right now is the internet. But can that crack under the pressure? We looked into it. And finally, your trivia night just got a reboot. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by H&R Block. With many ways to file, H&R Block is always available to help. Okay, the COVID-19 pandemic is a rapidly changing story with lots of moving parts. And we're going to help you sort out what exactly you need to know, starting with the three big developments of the day. It's Monday, and after a few weeks of social distancing and staying at home, it may be time to restock your pantry. But grocery deliverers for one company say, today's not the day. That's because this morning, a lot of workers for a grocery delivery service called Instacart went on strike. A lot of us are really literally making the decision between, you know, our health and our financial security right now. That's Vanessa Bain, a grocery shopper for Instacart who helped organize today's strike. Some industries are facing massive layoffs during the COVID-19 pandemic. But right now, the delivery sector is actually surging. Instacart recently announced it wants to hire 300,000 more people. But Bain says Instacart first has to help the people who already work for them by giving them free hand sanitizer, more money per order placed, and a promise that workers who get sick are still paid. So even though the delivery industry is doing really well, it's also got to figure out new ways to make its workers feel safe. We called up Ruth Milkman, a sociology and labor studies professor at the City University of New York, to ask about how that sudden fight for worker protections during the pandemic is going. She says some people are leaving this line of work because they think it's too dangerous. At the same time. There are other people who are, you know, they really don't have a lot of options and they need to put food on the table. So they're drawn to this. For those willing to do the work, doing such an important job during this global health crisis actually gives them a leg up in trying to push for much-needed benefits. They definitely have more leverage when they're in more demand, so that's what's happening now. After the deliverers announced the strike, Instacart released a list of changes it plans to make. The company says it will adjust its default tip settings and allow workers to request supplies of hand sanitizer. One thing the company didn't touch, though? An extra $5 fee Instacart deliverers want added to each order, something they call hazard pay. And it turns out that's something all kinds of workers are asking for right now, from transit employees in Atlanta to corrections officers in New Jersey. Meanwhile, Amazon workers in Staten Island have been making a different request. Today, they went on strike because they say the facility they work in needs to be closed and sanitized. Across the country, stay-at-home orders have changed how millions of people are living and working. But essential workers, like grocery store cashiers and couriers, are still heading into work. And that's led to a new question. As the virus changes the way we work, should it change the way we pay people, too? Milkman says as a consumer, you don't have to wait for companies to change in order to make a difference they can't control the actual prices, you know, that's not in their power, but they do have the ability to, you know, give whatever tip they want. And so if they want to show their appreciation for these workers who are putting their own health at risk, that would be the way to express that, it seems to me. Our second headline today involves something you might have gotten in the mail over the weekend, a postcard from the president. The postcard detailed the Trump administration's social distancing guidelines for Americans. Basically, we should avoid any non-essential travel, work from home if possible, push pause on nights out on the town, and not get together with 10 friends at once. Those guidelines were part of the White House's 15 Days to Slow the Spread initiative, after which time the administration said it would re-evaluate those guidelines. Today was supposed to be the last day, but the White House says, Reset your alarm. It's extending these guidelines through the end of April. But that's not the only way the federal government is baddening down the hatches. Over the weekend, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a special travel advisory for people living in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, three states where the disease has spread a lot. The CDC told residents that for the next two weeks, they should not leave those states. Keep in mind that while the CDC and White House are putting out these guidelines restricting travel and telling people to stay home, it's up to states to decide how they want to actually enforce them. And each one is doing things differently. Florida is telling anyone who's traveled from the New York area or from Louisiana, another hard hit state, no beach for you. Instead, you've got to self-quarantine for two weeks. Rhode Island originally singled out New Yorkers over the weekend but is now saying anyone from out of the state has to self-quarantine. And Texas is restricting travel from Louisiana, which again is quickly becoming a hotspot of the disease. As for its own residents who aren't following the state's social distancing orders, Rhode Island's governor Gina Raimondo had a strong message.
1: Knock it off. You are risking the lives of everyone in this state.
0: Louisiana's governor, John Bell Edwards, echoed that sentiment.
1: It is grossly irresponsible for people to flagrantly disregard and violate these social distancing measures that we have in place across the state of Louisiana.
0: So Trump expanded these social distancing guidelines even though a lot of people were reporting last week that he wanted to roll them back. But while these federal guidelines are gonna continue, it's still up to the states to decide how to enforce them and protect citizens. Which brings us to our third big story of the day. Over the weekend, President Trump sent something pretty big to New York City.
1: This great ship behind me is a 70,000 ton message of hope and solidarity to the incredible people of New York.
0: That's the USNS Comfort, a 1,000-bed Navy hospital ship. It docked at a pier on Manhattan's west side to help relieve the city's hospitals that have been overwhelmed with COVID-19 patients but the 1,200 medical workers on board won't be dealing with those patients.
1: Their mission will be to care for New Yorkers who do not have the virus, but who require
0: urgent care. The idea is to get patients who aren't finding COVID-19 out of the hospitals to make room for those who are contracting it. And that's a big deal in New York City, which is seeing more cases of COVID-19 than anywhere else in the country. And that number is expected to keep growing. When New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio welcomed the ship earlier today, he said that the number of hospital beds in the city will need to triple by May. So the city has to find places for those patients to go.
1: The number of beds we had at the beginning of March have to triple by May. It's a daunting task, but we got a big, big boost. The arrival, the comfort, this is like adding a whole nother hospital to New York City.
0: Trump apparently issued his latest social distancing guidelines, which we told you about a few minutes ago, after he saw pictures of an overflowing hospital in Queens, with patients waiting in lines outside and trucks acting as makeshift mortuaries. Those images reportedly hit close to home for the president and he was moved to action. So this floating hospital is a good first step to ensuring more beds at a time when New York City needs them the most. And even though this is just one city, the situation there could give the rest of the country a preview of the issues they may soon face. Like we said, there's a lot happening right now. So to keep up to date on the latest news about COVID-19, head on over to theskimcom updates. There's a lot going on right now, and more than ever, people need their tax refunds. That's why H&R Block is here to help get you every credit, deduction, and dollar you deserve as safely as possible. This includes easy options to drop off your documents at an office or work with a tax pro remotely through Tax Pro Go. And don't forget about H&R Block online with on-demand support from a tax pro. With many ways to file, H&R Block is always available to help. Visit hrblock.com skim to find the best tax prep service for you. It's better with Block. If you feel like the internet's been getting a bit slower lately, you're not alone. The internet research site Broadband Now found that when a lot of people started working from home earlier this month, Internet speeds dropped in close to half of American cities. And within some of these cities, like Austin, Texas, or Scottsdale, Arizona, speeds were down by up to 40 percent, which raises a question we've been hearing from listeners. Is COVID-19 going to break the Internet? To get the answer, we called up Gigi Sohn of the Georgetown Law Institute for Technology, Law, and Policy. She used to also advise the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. So she knows a thing or two about this. I don't think when it comes to fixed broadband internet that people should worry about it. Broadband is the high-speed internet that typically physically plugs into your Wi-Fi router. Broadband networks were built to have lots of people using them at the same time. So, Sone says they're mostly doing okay even if five people under one roof might slow things down a bit. What should we be worried about then? I would be a little bit more worried about the mobile networks. About one in five Americans depend on their cell phones to access the internet. And Sun says mobile networks are currently suffering the most. And that can make working from home or schooling from home impossible.
1: What you get from T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon over your cell phone is not broadband. And if you've got to be at a video conference, a lot of people are using Zoom and WebEx these days. If you don't have at least 25 megabits per second downstream and an equal amount upstream, uh, you're not going to be able to use those applications. And you're not going to be able to work and you're probably not going to be able to do your
0: schoolwork either. And that impacts some very important people in the U.S., America's students. An estimated 12 million children suffer what's called the homework gap. It's when teachers assign homework that requires students to have broadband internet that they don't have at home. It was a problem before COVID-19, but it's becoming more apparent now as schools assume kids can just virtually attend class with no problem. Someone worries problems like the homework gap will take time to fix. But she's hopeful that, long term, the benefits of making sure all Americans can access reliable high-speed internet are now clearer than ever, both in cities where it's expensive or rural areas where it might not exist. Because as we're seeing now, being connected isn't just a luxury. It's a necessity. People have been focusing,
1: I would say, for the last two years, mostly on Google, Facebook, Amazon, Twitter, and what they do wrong and how big they are. And I, I, Look, I think people should focus, but I don't think it should be the primary focus when you're looking at the Internet. How you get to the Internet, that on-ramp that companies like AT&T and Comcast and Charter and Verizon provide is a really essential service. You have to get on the internet, particularly at this time, to connect to people.
0: So if you've been worrying that the internet as a whole is going to crash, you can probably focus on something else. Sohn says what's more likely is that big websites will start reducing the quality of streaming videos. Netflix has already done this in parts of Europe, and YouTube plans to do it around the world starting soon. It's a sacrifice she thinks all of us with internet can deal with. You know, you guys can live without your 4K for a couple months. (laughs) Uh, I
1: think people could sacrifice that.
0: Okay, we're pressing pause on the latest developing stories to talk about trivia. While bars have closed across the U.S. because of COVID-19, your trivia nights have probably been put on the back burner. But all hope isn't lost. Enter HQ Trivia. The live trivia show app shut down nearly two months ago, but a private investor stepped in to get the app back on its feet. On its Sunday night surprise return, more than 100,000 users logged in. And over Twitter, there were a lot of welcome backs and people excited about winning 10 cents, because that's likely to be your earnings when thousands of people are sharing the prize. New games can be played every night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Oh, and in addition to players winning cash prizes, the app made a donation last night to help those in need while fighting COVID-19. No matter your situation, sometimes you just need to press pause. And every week, we're sending out an email with some of our favorite things to help you take a break. To sign up, head on over to theskim.com slash press And that's all for Skim This. Remember, we also want to hear your messages for your loved ones that you can't physically meet up with right now. So, give us a call at 646 461 6370 and leave us a voicemail. For more updates throughout the day, follow us on Instagram at TheSkim.